St. Benedict's rule does not lend itself to easy structural analysis. While major thematic sections are easy to identify, it is the case that Benedict can seem to wander a bit, focusing on one theme for several chapters before moving on to another, but suddenly returning to an earlier theme as if he has just remembered something he left out. We might prefer something a bit more rigorously systematic in a legislative document, but if we allow St. Benedict to go about things his own way, we may begin to discover a spiritual logic that offers great profit for our salvation. Why is it, for example, that after the opening exhortation in the prologue and just seven chapters on the types of monks, the abbot, and the spiritual tools and virtues of monasticism, Benedict launches into an extended section of liturgical legislation? Given the many aspects of monastic society he will eventually cover, what causes him to treat the divine office so early in the process? It is incontestable that St. Benedict places the highest importance on the liturgy, from his statement that nothing is to be preferred to it, to his making zeal for the divine office one of the criteria for novices. It is a theme that pops up all over the rule. Yet saying that it is important for Benedict does not explain why it is important. He provides us with a clue in his other name for the divine office, the Opus Dei, the work of God. And here we arrive at today's gospel in the crowd's question, what can we do to accomplish the work of God? The question is asked in response to Jesus' exhortation that they work, not for food that perishes, but for that which endures for eternal life. To them, Jesus replies, the work of God, the Opus Dei, is that you believe in the one whom God has sent. Despite the miraculous multiplication of loaves they have just witnessed, the crowd demands a sign if they are to believe. They have completely failed to recognize Jesus as the Christ, the bread of life. That St. Benedict calls the divine office the work of God and gives it pride of place shows him to be deeply familiar with the gospel and a true spiritual father. He wishes us to avoid falling into the same error as the crowd. He knows that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all scriptures. If we wish to know Christ, we cannot do better than to know the scriptures. And the book of Psalms, as St. Athanasius says, is like a garden containing all the other elements of the Old Testament, so that, so that anyone who knows the Psalter knows all of scripture, at least in outline. Benedict is emphatic that nothing is to be preferred to the work of God in its own ongoing recitation of the Psalms. He knows that a generous, attentive fidelity to the office will gradually open up us up to a spiritual vision of the world that allows us to see Christ in every moment and event of our lives, always doing signs so that we may see and believe, always sustaining and nourishing us. This is the living bread that God gives to those who do his work. With this as the reward, the sense of Benedict's legislation begins to emerge, and we see more clearly why it is often said that prayer is the primary work of a monk. This is the logic behind the stories of monks working in the scriptorium, who, when the bell rang for prayer, would lay down their pens without dotting the I and proceed to the oratory. While mundane work is never to be preferred to the Opus Dei, neither are the two in conflict. In the light of the work of God, all our work can become a place of encounter with Christ, and diligent attention to mundane work 
can help attune us to the truths contained in the Psalms. The proper measure of a monk's service, says St. Benedict, is always to sing the full Psalter, all 150 psalms, every week. This must clearly be adapted for those in different states of life, but it is a very strong encouragement that whoever we are, the psalms should be a constant presence in our prayer. Turning to our Lord in the Eucharist, let us ask him to stir up our ardor for the work of God, that we may see him more clearly, believe in him more deeply, and greet his coming with ever-increasing joy as he feeds us the true bread of his body and blood, keeping us safe into eternal life.